wait and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Last week on the show, we spent a lot of time discussing advanced analytics, but I don't think anyone expected how many goals we'd see this weekend in the Big Apple. My name is Mitchell Tierney. This is TFC Till I Die, and ahead on this week's show, we'll chat TFC, NYCFC, Coach Actually, Thompson. Toronto Till I Die. Oh, wow. There you go. Episode one, baby. Episode one, baby. I had a great, uh, like Toronto FC, I had a great first part of that intro, and then the second part just started slipping. But we will talk about that TFC NYCFC game, Kosi Thompson, Jesus Jimenez, also 300, and plenty more. But first, as always, it's Jeffrey Pinesker, it's Michael Singh. How you boys doing this week? I, I did actually write Toronto Till I Die in my uh, in my show notes here, but still. It's Josie's fault. It's always night. Josie's fault. You heard him yeah. speak, and then you immediately changed it around to, to TFC Until I Die. Yeah, why don't fair, we yeah. why don't we peel the curtain back and tell them exactly what our thought process was on that when we first launched the show? Shout out to to our friend Rachel. She came up with the name TFC Till I Die, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's do it. And then Jeff, the savvy Jeff that he is, pointed out mm-hmm. plausible hiccup in that in that plan, which was the get fact. Sued. We don't want to get yeah, sued by the exactly. team we love so much. So hey, there you uh, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would not have thought of that, but I'm happy Jeff pointed that yeah, out. First, well, to be fair, it wasn't Jeff the the junior. It was his dad, uh, you know, Jerry, who's who's a lawyer, who immediately said, uh, uh, "Legend um, Jerry, maybe." Yeah, yeah, the legend, Jerry the legend, JFC. Yeah, exactly, exactly. JFC. Um, wow. Um, yeah. Hey, look, he said TFC till I die. I'm allowed a bad joke too in the first five minutes. Um, <laughs> To take us back to to what did we talk about hotel bars last time? Is this going to be the yeah, yeah. intro now? Just complete so. tomfoolery. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, true. We're spitting truths. I uh, I don't know, guys. I'm I'm looking at the game stats. I'm trying to make sense of it. Uh, you know, Mike and Mike and Sean did a did a tunnel club where they spent about an hour trying to make sense of it. I, you know, Twitter's trying to make sense of it. it, it you you score four goals and lose. <laughs> I mean, this is that was a wacky wacky game, absolute wackiness. Uh, and I'm I'm curious what you boys uh, have to say about it. Well, first before we get into that, Jeff, you did mention hotels, so we should do a bit of housekeeping before we uh, mm. get into this week's show. And that is, unfortunately, this is our last Tuesday together due to scheduling mm. conflicts. But the show will now be live Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. So same show, different name, different time. Three yeah. thirty <laughs> um, Thursdays. Yeah. Um, Three thirty. And and yeah, that's simply because you know most of us are going outside again and and have. Wait, uh, you look confused. What did I say? Three. Did I say was three? it 3.30? I it's it's three thirty? Was it three or three thirty? Oh, you said clean three p.m. Eastern. It's three thirty. Right. Just three thirty. Three thirty. It's three thirty. I'm having a howler this week, boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we've got way more things to do now than sit in our houses and 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 plan for lunchtime shows, as yeah, do absolutely. most of our audiences. So so this will allow more people to catch it, I presume. And uh, for the people that don't catch it live, I mean, you know, it's you're going to listen to it all the same. So uh, there you go. 
there you go. And I'll be coming back from from training right right then. So hopefully I can I can provide some goodies for for those that don't know. Like I'll go to training Wednesday to Friday typically, Tuesday to Friday perhaps sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're gonna be catching some of the stuff leading up to to the weekend's match, some of the good stuff, and we could also reflect a little bit better, get some more insight on on everything going on at TFC from from the past weekend. So should be a lot more informative. There's a lot of positives uh, in moving the show back to Thursday, but um, don't worry. We know you guys love your Tuesdays. We do too, but it'll just be the same thing just on Thursday. Yeah, it's a T name. So there you go. Others available now that won't be training at that time too. So hopefully this will help us get some better guests and and more consistent guests on on the show as well. So follow us at TFC Till I Die on Twitter. Toronto Till I Die. Toronto Till I Die. Wow. Uh, on Twitter for all the latest show updates and news. Birthday, birthday boy Matthew is giving you is giving you a mulligan. He says, hey, happy birthday, Matthew. Too, so there you go. <laughs> to be fair, uh, he uh, did make that comment before I did the latest uh, latest slip mm-hmm. up. So um let's look into did the say game. he was tired. He did yeah. say that before the Yeah, 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 yeah. He did yeah. say that. We're seeing uh, so we'll give you we'll give you a couple mulligans. I would say a mulligan, but it's been three, so we gotta give you a couple mulligans. Yeah, mulligans. Absolutely. Absolutely. We titled these episodes. That would be the episode title. Um, back to back to the game at hand, boys. Let's discuss it. I know we've been avoiding it because it was just so wacky. Um, you know, birthday boy Matthew says the game was hilariously nonsensical. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, Axis of Evil says our defense sucks. Changed my mind. Uh, Yvonne says Mitch said three o'clock, which is absolutely <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what to say? What to say about the game? At least they left us with um, a, a good taste in the mouth. You know that that comeback was was unexpected. You know Michael Bradley scoring a goal off a header on a set play was equally unexpected. Um, but again, I want I want to hear your thoughts about it because I've tried to make sense of it. I watched a lot of footy this weekend. I've seen many many games, and I'm sort of in that lull before I have to watch Seattle potentially win the CCL tomorrow night, uh, which is our trophy and cry for the rest of the week. Um, so before that eventuality happens, let's discuss that. And of, of primary importance to me is, and I think I asked uh, Molinaro this on, on his mail call, but is this a harbinger of doom or is this just a blip, right? Like we keep getting the same uh, uh, sort of factory line uh, or talking point which is you know patience 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 this sort of thing is going to happen etc 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 how does how do you contextualize that with what we saw over the weekend right which was like a complete collapse defensively but at the same time uh also a complete sort of blustery offensive performance if you if you could say that like what 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 how do we contextualize the game can you can you define doom for me doom uh, yeah. Is this the TFC? Is this TFC regressing to the mean? Right? Is this wor- is this the TFC that we that we're going to see more often? Just an absolute mess. Often until the summer. Sure, I or don't think I need to qualify it. In general, is this is this Bob Bradley's TFC? He's going to play the kids, and occasionally we're going to have absolute howlers like this one. I think that's going to be the case until the summer. Okay. Although hopefully not with TFC's recent, you know, upcoming schedule on the horizon, playing playing Cincinnati twice. You have Chicago in there as well. You have DC eventually as well. I think that what we saw 
on Sunday is closer to what TFC have deserved hmm. than what they were getting, perhaps in in recent matches. Personally, like we said against that Philadelphia game, that game could have been that game could have been three nothing, two nothing within the first 10, 15 minutes of the match. You think about this New York City game. If it's not for a couple of fantastic saves by by Alex Bono, like this game is, it's a high scoring game in, in the first thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and then you know you have those really great pieces of quality from Jesus Jimenez. And I got to shout out Kosi Thompson as well for the, the ball that he played on on the second goal. Yeah, but those are those are goals that. It's great that you score them, but there's such one-off chances that TFC had. Like it's clear that New York was the better team in this match. I think the five-two scoreline probably would have justified the end result a little bit better. Um, or sorry, just justified sort of the overall performance of both teams mm-hmm. in the match. And I think again, we, we I mean, we won't dive in it, into it too much, but if you look at the expected goals, expected goals against, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> TFC were the anomaly there in terms right. of they were outperforming what was expected of them. So, you know, as, as we've said so many times on this show, TFC is playing with house money right now, and any sort of result that they're getting against the caliber side, like like New York, like Philly, um that's money they take to the bank because this team is, as I said last week, it's, it's stage one of what I think is supposed to be like a four stage type of, of process here. And I, I we're still in fifth place in the Eastern conference. And I don't think anyone expected TFC to really to be here through eight matches. So you look at their, their schedule now that's upcoming and they're in a really good position, eight matches into the season and I think if TFC can find a way to, to hover around, finish in a playoff spot by the time July 1st comes around, I think there's going to be a lot of people within that club that are going to be really happy with, with the outcome heading into the second half, I want to say, but it's not really half. It's more than a half of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mitch? Those expected goals, uh, 4.3 to 1.1 for, for New York City, by the way. So, Obviously, it's it's pretty clear which team deserved uh, the result. Even on at that halftime, day. yeah, yeah. halftime it was like two point one to zero point four yeah. or something like that. Jeez. And for hmm. context, like four point three expected goals is a lot because a penalty is like only an expected goal of zero point seven five, which is like a almost guaranteed goal in in many people's books. So that that just shows you how many chances that I mean, if you watch the game, they had eleven yeah. shots on target. That <laughs> Alex Bono had six saves. Like that shows you how bad it could have been. And I think that's mm-hmm. one takeaway that that uh, is is a positive. Is last season this game seven or eight one for for New York City FC without question. Um, hmm. Toronto FC don't, or, or maybe two, like they get up, but but once New York just starts pouring on the goals, like there's no way Toronto FC even make a game of it. So I think that's uh, hmm. that's certainly a positive it, of it in one way you can spin it. The other thing is at least someone chipped Sean Johnson. So we have, <laughs> uh, we have that in our back pocket going forward against NYCFC and we're still in his head. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I do think overall, I think the concerns about the defense are obviously very clear and, and probably the takeaway from this game overall. Give us, give you, us the concerns. Spell it where, out. Yeah, where, where do you think we lost the game uh, over the weekend? Like what 
I know there's probably multiple parts to it, but mm-hmm. what part do you think was the biggest factor that contributed to TFC losing in that fashion? I don't know if there's a biggest factor. Like I think there's, I think the it broke down on multiple different areas there, and I think you know, I, I that's why I say defense and not backline because I think we need to mm. key in on the team defense as a whole because I thought a lot of the the moments started with just careless giveaways or, or Prozuelo or Osorio or, or those or Bradley just not picking out a good pass that yep. allowed Toronto FC to get out of trouble. And obviously you have to have those attacking players in positions to receive those passes, which I don't think they were nearly enough. So I, I think that it starts with that and then, and then bleeds out from there. The neither young fullback had a great game defensively. They both, uh, they both got scorched and New York took, big time opportunities to overload both of those sides and, and make it trouble there. And I, I think there's still a lot of questions to be asked about what Toronto FC is doing in the middle of defense in terms of yeah. the chemistry between the two or the three that they play. Um, Mavinga and Salcedo still just don't look like they have chemistry together and they both try and do the same thing. And then, you know, the teams expose that. And yeah, and then there's, not, you know, zone. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, O'Neill's not quick enough or you know he's a solid enough defender but if if you're exposing him he's gonna get beat so um i I think he got exposed yeah and he did get exposed a lot yeah yeah so i think there's a lot of questions to be asked about that but again like i said that's why we have to make this defense not backline because defense is a team is a team you know concept for sure would you say we lost every battle the midfield battle the the battle in terms of, of of penetrating runs into our defensive zone all of that stuff yeah i mean pretty much it was a you know it was as dominating of a performance as a one goal nine or sorry one goal deficit like nine goal game can be for for nycfc they you know they looked great in that match and and toronto fc had their moments certainly but we scored four goals i mean that's yeah yeah, we keep coming we keep i keep wanting to bring that back up right like Mm -hmm. we and 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 a lot of it were was at the death right like we had a real push in those la- in that last game, you know, game phase, um, can't we take that as a positive, right? Like they, I mean, or was it just that New York was coasting by that point because they had such a lead and they let a bunch of soft goals in? Cautiously, I'd say, like it's great that they showed the fight and the heart towards the end of the match, but two of those goals came in the last five, ten minutes of the match mm-hmm. and offset pieces, which is great. Um, it's not something TFC were fantastic at, at yeah. accomplishing last season. I don't think they they <laughs> might have scored one goal off a corner. I don't think they might have scored zero goals off a corner last mm-hmm. season. Let's um, just pretend it was zero because it sounds better. But yeah, great to see DeAndre Kerr kind of get into the mix there. I thought he was he was a positive, and I think he has been a positive the last couple of games. He seems to have shaken off his slow start to the year and, and is starting to come into his own. Um, Kosey Thompson again. I mentioned. I got to give him a shout because yeah, he he does. Everybody's giving him a shout, man. The chat is because mm-hmm. cozy stands right now. He he does look like he's he's a real player. I'm not sure if right wing back is his future. Um, I think he he does get exposed a lot there, and I don't think he has necessarily the recovery speed that a that a Marshall Ruddy or, or Schaffelberg has to kind of make up for that. Wow. Told you guys I'm having Mitch talent. just broke his house. <laughs> yeah. That's Mulligan. That's Mulligan number four, Mitch. I'm keeping count. What are you yeah, looking for? T? What's going on back there? I don't know. I just knocked over some picture frames that were randomly on this uh on the side table. Cool story. That's so funny. 
<laughs> yeah, if you if you put Thompson next to O'Neill there, I mean that's where a lot of, you could get exposed there in terms of pace. Um, that wasn't the only problem, of course, over the weekend. I mean, I think the biggest problem was if you're playing five at the back, you shouldn't be getting beat that easily. Mm-hmm. Particularly on the outsides on the wings, it felt like all New York had to do was sort of shift play and yep. they found an opening. Um, and when you're playing five across, that should never, ever be the case. So I think that was mm-hmm. a question mark. And for me, as you mentioned, Mitch, it is absolutely a team game, but they, they do need to, and they will, they need to improve that, that back line. Particularly, you can't get away with, we love our guy Schaff. We gave him a lot of props last week. We love Jaquil Marshall but you're not going to get away this whole season with playing those guys as you, as your fullbacks if you want to compete against the best teams in mm-hmm. the league. And they will address this. I know that, but it's uh, it's something that I think they need to to take a, a big upgrade at, especially if they want to be be contending. So they will, as as I've mentioned mm-hmm. a couple of times. And that's why I'm okay today sitting here and, and being like, I, I want to see what Shaft's like next time out. And I want to see what, what Kosi or Caden Chung look like at, at right back there. I know a lot of people yeah. are calling for Shaft's head, but it, this is growing pains. This yeah, is what yeah. why why we stress play the kids. They're going to have their ups and downs. And okay, Shaft had a down game, but he's also had plenty of up games. So let's let's see what, what, what happens next week. I keep coming back to this. Is it, a down game because yeah, they lost, but they also scored four goals. You know what I mean? Like definitely and, and a down that, game defensively. I, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I mean, as we're as we're working it out, but that's what I keep struggling with. And the other thing that I struggle with is that I think people are giving NYCFC far too much respect. You know, people are like, Oh man, and New York, New York City FC are such a good team. They can be good. They're maddeningly inconsistent. Um, you know, sometimes they have great games, sometimes they have absolute screaming howlers so uh you know to me well that was in the middle of a champions league run right we we know what that is done like pravinga i spoke to chris about it um before the new york match and he said himself that he knows exactly what it's like to play in the champions league and then and then play in the league your focus is not on the league it's so Mm -hmm. tough to accomplish both and they made a deep run they lost to the seattle sounders in the semifinals there so the last two matches they've played, they've scored 11 goals combined against Real Salt Lake too, by the way, who mm-hmm. looked a lot better than us than when we played them last time as well. So Truth. So they, they are starting to kind of round into form. Tati Castellanos is starting to round into form. Uh, he had no goals before last week. Now he's up to five goals all of a sudden. So I would say watch out for New York. I think on paper, they're, they're one of the best teams in the league. And if they're just focusing on the league, they could be... Uh, could be another threat to watch this year. Hmm. Interesting. That Castellanos have... nutmeg and then flick pass was one of the nastiest things. Bradley yeah, that was pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. filthy. That was disgusting. Was pretty filthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a question from the gallery, and uh, it's Axis again. Are they regretting loaning out Oro? And I think, uh, Mike, this is a question tailor-made for, for you to answer. Uh, it's, it's a good question. Uh, it's something that I've thought about quite often, but Aura was never about um, the caliber of player that he was. 
it was as I've touched on in the past, it was kind of like an attitude thing. Let's let's say mm-hmm. um, he perhaps wouldn't have been as bought in here as as what Bob Bradley was asking for, and thus thus the move away. What and they you got to go. You got to go at that point, right? Like, there's absolutely. You know, so. Would they? Would at least we talked about it, Bradley how cutthroat he has been, and that's that was necessary after last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would they be in a better position if Aro was here? I I don't necessarily think they're not in a bad, but they're fifth in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Would Would Marshall Ruddy or Cosey Thompson would they have gotten the minutes they're getting right now if Aro exactly. was still here? No. So yeah, to answer the question, I don't think they are regretting loaning out Aura, which is surprising because after losing Richie Larea, you think that you know losing Aura as well would be kind of a a big hit, but it really hasn't yeah. been as big of a hit as as we have, and we got to credit TFC for that. Yeah, and I think like every everything positive we've talked about this season has come down to that team cohesion and the fact that yes. this team looks so different in the way their attitude is and and everything else. So. That's the reason that maybe you don't regret moving on a, a number of these players who, yes, as players um, with their with their individual talents would look great right now out for TFC and some of the deficiencies they have. But as their fits within the locker room, right, like exactly there, there's a reason they got moved out. So I, I think that that's a massive uh, point to be made in terms of why they made so many offseason transition moves. And and I guess that brings me to to a question that I don't know if anybody can answer, but I suppose Mike's maybe the closest. What do you think the attitude at TFC HQ is following this game? Do you think they just sort of rubbed it off, or do you think that there was concern? Do you, or or you know, I'm just wondering because we're in fifth, you know, and 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 like I, like the party line is it's a learning process, but you still That's got spanked, right? It's a it's a good question, Jeff. Um, for me, it's you kind of have to remind yourself at times, and I I'm guilty of this as much as anybody, is what the expectations were for Toronto FC heading into this year, mm-hmm. especially with the roster that they had constructed constructed as is, and when you think about the the number of kids that are out there playing, there are going to be games like this where you do concede in in the fashion that they did. Albeit, you know, Bob Bradley's probably not very happy. He isn't happy with the way that the match played out. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like, as I mentioned, you're going to have your ups and downs. It, it, it's bound to happen. So I think we all, we have to, I know as fans, it's tough to do this, but we have to kind of take these games sort of in stride and, and kind of try and take away what you could learn from a game like this. So for instance, mm-hmm. when TFC's, down they they concede they conceded five straight goals in that game mm-hmm. after they went up <laughs> two. <laughs> so it's crazy it's, yeah. there's a couple of fires they could have put out there and now how do you do that bob bradley says after the game ideally you i guess you find ways to, to keep the ball um better than they did which of course was was very evident mm-hmm. in that so maybe as a team you got to remember this team's still very new playing together. When you go through adversity like this, next time you go through it, you realize, okay, you're you're down 3-2. Let's say they give up that third goal, even the fourth goal. But you're still in that match because you look at what they did late. This is a team that has to believe no matter how the momentum is kind of swinging, 
you got to play like every every play is is going to make the difference at the end of the match and maybe that's yeah. a mentality thing that they can kind of switch on especially for for some of these young players yeah, don't so. switch off ever yeah I, I i feel you yeah i felt right? that as well yep yep so yeah there's there's little things like that that they can kind of take away and that's that's where i'm at with this team is like every match is sort of a learning process and not only for the young players mm-hmm. but just as a group collectively and i think sort of their end goal here which it might not have even been the case at the end of the season or at the start of the season, but I think it is now where they want to get into a position where they can compete in the summer. And you got to find the right ways to do that. You do. You do. Because this is, and again, this is why I keep sighing at these answers. It's because I agree with everything you're saying, but we've also got one of the prime in his prime wingers in global soccer arriving in a couple of months. Right. So they, there seems to be like a disconnect between this, like, Let's, you know, kumbaya and figure it out and we'll all have, you know, uh, juice boxes and, and a discussion about the game at Harvey's after. And we've got Lorenzo Insigne coming in the summertime, so we better be ship shape in tip-top position. They seem to be mutually exclusive. And and after games like this, the, the polls seem to be getting further and further apart, right? Nothing you're saying isn't entirely logical and, and totally wonderful. But at the same time, there's this there's this brick wall that with a name Lorenzo, you know, coming up and, and the question has to be, is he going to be happy with a team that's still, you know, baby stepping its way into, into competition by the time he arrives? Is he going to be patient enough for it? Remember, this is a guy who's not going to the world cup now with his national team. Uh, it's, a, you know, staring down another four years of, of potentially not being able to go again. Is he going to be, you know, Napoli's not exactly world beaters right now. Are, you know, are we expecting too much of the guy to come here and, and have the patience of like a Zen monk uh, while Schaffelberg, you know, gets scorched on, on the left hand side or betra- like, I, I, you know, it's not, to just, me- it's not just Lorenzo coming in, though, Jeff. Mm. Yeah, no, like, I know. I know. But we have but, to remember and, that part of it, too. Right? Yeah. This, this, this mm-hmm. team isn't just going to be trans. I mean, it might, but it's not just going to be transformed by Lorenzo and Signe. I hope not because it's, that's it's a going lot to be, ask of anybody. It's going to be a couple mm-hmm. pieces that this team won't. They, they accumulated so much so much salary cap space for this reason. And it, it is to put, put together a competitive side when when Insigne comes. And mm-hmm. these minutes now that Kosi, that Schaff, that, that Luca Petrasso, DeAndre Kerr, all these guys, the minutes that they're getting is going to benefit them long-term. And not just long-term. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to benefit them come the summertime because – it's no longer throwing a 19-year-old DeAndre Kerr out there for his debut when they need to. He's now yeah. going to be understanding what the pace of play of MLS is like, and he's going to be doing it, playing meaningful minutes. And that's just mm-hmm. going to bode well for for a lot of these guys moving forward when you do need them as as death pieces, realistically. realistically like, ideally, yeah. you know, a, a player like Luca Petrasso, who's fantastic, although I think he has maybe the last two weeks, maybe plateaued a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. From where he he started off. But this is a guy who's probably not going to be a starter on a a competitive MLS team at this point in his career. But you bring a guy off, Luca Petrasso, off the bench, and now you're you're talking about guys like a a serious MLS squad that's not just 15 players deep. You're talking about a squad that could be 20, 22 players deep. And then what an asset for for an organization like Toronto that is to be able to have a, a quality starting 11. And then you have guys, experienced young 
professionals here who you can bring in as as again substitutes that just for me i'm salivating at that i'm i'm looking forward to what that looks like because they look good now without some of the key pieces we'll have this summer the other good news is that the the insigne part of the field which is the attack is looking mm-hmm. significantly better obviously the the underlying numbers they once again significantly outperform them but um you know some of those players have really clicked together well you know we're talking about the osorio pozuelo yeah um obviously led by jesus jimenez transitional moments there like there's so much quality and cohesion there that we didn't see at really any point last season from from toronto fc's attack um so that is a that is a massive massive um step in the right direction i think for, yeah. for toronto fc is it is it maybe short-sighted to expect all these young kids to be okay with getting meaningful minutes now and then get consigned to TFC two duty and the occasional substitution later. I mean, these are ambitious, like soccer players are ambitious. They want to, you know, they all want to play for Barcelona. Well, Barcelona in in, a decade ago, but, but uh, you know, is, is that a reasonable expectation? I realize that they're professionals and you have to be professional and you take your chances when they come, but they're also human beings. And right now they've been treated to like, being out in the shop window, getting these meaningful minutes, you know, having their friends and family in the stands, getting talked about by idiots like us on, on a Tuesday or a Thursday, you know, and then suddenly that all goes away, right? And we're like, Lorenzo, Lorenzo, I, I have to imagine that, that you know, that's going to have a, a knock-on effect of them. Like, it's all sunny and wonderful on paper, but once these guys stop getting playing time, and, you know, I'm not even mentioning, don't they get rusty? Like, isn't it, wouldn't it be the same thing as not picking up a guitar for, you know, four months after you've been, you've been on tour for four months, like, and then not being able to remember how your songs, what well, chord the, progression the thing is? About it, the thing about a young player is that they're, sure, it's great that you're getting game time to actually adjust to the pace of the league and improve during the games, but these guys are also improving on a day-to-day basis at training mm. with all the things okay. that they're going through, right? So, I mean, th- sure, that could be a, a possible concern, but it's also, I'm not saying that they're going to absolutely not get minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these guys, they're shaping up to be important pieces for this team moving forward. And I, I guess you, you can't play all of them, sure. But a guy like Luca Petrasso is going to be so versatile and so useful to this team because of the energy that he brings. Kosi mm-hmm. Thompson can play like four different positions, and he's going to be a, a versatile asset off the bench. And then you have, Guys like like Jacob, who we know can play a couple different positions. So they have a lot mm-hmm. of nice depth, cheap, by the way, cheap depth pieces coming through the ranks and that are mm-hmm. already here. So that way you can go and you can swing for higher profile p- players that are more expensive because you do have those cheap pieces. You no longer have to spend. If, I, if I'm one of the players that Mike's now just called a cheap death piece three times, <laughs> I'm like, I want to leave TFC immediately. What What's MLS next pro doing? Well, it's, right it's just like, the reality of the yeah. salary cap situation. Agree. This is nothing to them. Like this mm-hmm. isn't a shot at them, but just the fact that the way that if you want to construct a, a caliber of roster, the way TFC does, you have that star power, which is really expensive, but you also have young talent coming through, which is very cheap for the mm-hmm. most part um, and the salary cap. And that's just the way you have to construct this roster when you have guys like Osorio, Bradley, um, Pozuelo, I love, Jimenez. I love that we're working to the biggest segment ever when we talk about You have all those contract. guys who have been here for so long. They're mm-hmm. getting paid a lot of money. They take up salary cap space. You add in yeah. one, two, three more pieces along those types of players, of those caliber of players, 
then you have to fill up the rest of your roster with cheaper assets. And usually those players don't have much experience, but with what the TFC are doing right now, it's That's not a very good players point. who have game experience. So I think it's a long-term vision that this team is is going out and, and doing every week. So it's tough to, to go by game by game basis and sort of pick this team apart because mm-hmm. again, I keep saying it, they're going to have these downs. Mm-hmm. Aaron asked a really good question because you know, you're not getting 20 million for JMR in January if he's getting cameo appearances July to October. And I think But who said he's getting cameo appearances? JMR is the guy that I think he's Truth. kind of the exception of the young players, right? He's the guy that this team holds um head over heels. Uh I guess out of he's the young a guys. Tier, a tier above above. He's, uh, he's a above tier above. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, like I, I also don't think that this team's getting 20 million for for jmr <laughs> just based on what other teams have gotten for some of their star players so That's well, it's true. an interesting storyline to watch what did nycfc want for tati castellanos that they didn't end up selling him they wanted about 20 million or was it a little more than that when they were shopping yeah. him in the off season i think i think it, i heard 20 they still million are they still yeah. are listening on those offers he could be gone in the summer but yeah maybe it's something like that and he's mm-hmm. i think he just turned 23 i want to say oh wow that, that's a that's a golden boot winner so that's maybe yeah, a oh good, wow good i didn't know he was that young there. i thought, yeah, he, was, I thought young. he was post 25 i didn't know he was under 25 um aaron asked another really good question and i want to make sure we address it before we move on and it's they brought in three new cbs over the winter the youngest is 27 how many more veteran center backs do they need well i mean veterans I don't. I don't know if you can necessarily define a. a that's so. Um, like, you can't just put them under one box there. Like a mm. veteran. Like if you bring in a veteran from Syria, that's a completely different veteran than than a Shane O'Neill is, for example. Mm. I think it's more so Fair. a caliber of player there. So, it's not necessarily about the age of of a, a center back you're bringing in at this point. I think it's about caliber, and something uh, to definitely keep an eye on this summer. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to extend his question. So if you have unlimited money, do you get a Shane O'Neill or do you get Crescito, uh, 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 even though he's not a center back? I'm trying to think of the of the really famous Italian center back because we all we do is buy Italian. He can play players, center back, but, um, but uh, Crescito times the... out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Really? Am I wrong? We won, we won an MLS Cup off the back of Drew Moore, who's never who's never seen as you know played in Syria in his <laughs> lifetime. Drew Moore is not Shane O'Neill, though. Shane Shane O'Neill is not Drew. Moore. Okay, okay. Drew Moore was an just... All Star defender. He was he was one of the best center backs in the league, and we acquired him at coming off some pretty good seasons there. Shane O'Neill's okay, never played get... a full season as a starter what's the what's the name of the italian defender that's probably retiring soon ancient but he's really really good center back chiellini chiellini there we go yeah uh him or walker zimmerman i mean for the age really really wow i I say that because i think the quality of of syria and and italy is so much better right now than MLS. And I think we, you know, we're, we're Canadian soccer fans and we can kind of forget about, about that a little bit because of the rise of, of the game here in MLS. But 
at the end of the day, I, I think the quality of the game is is just so much better uh, overseas right now than it is. But they may have a long adjustment period, whereas Walker Zimmerman is a is an MLS lifer and and can walk in and can Walker Zimmerman in if you pardon the. It's an interesting pod. debate, man. Yeah. But Chiellini's you know, was one of the best defenders in the world. I'm Walker not doubting Zimmerman, that. He's, he's unbelievable. He's never going to be talked about in that sort of light ever. True. So True. I, I think the real question here is how many goals would TFC have conceded against North Macedonia? <laughs> 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 um, but one one point I did want to make that I think is mm. is something we're certainly learning and something we've learned throughout the history of Toronto FC and and probably soccer in general is that it is just harder to build the defensive side of the game than the attacking side of the game. Like you can't play hero ball in defensive football. You can have these one-off moments like we see from Chris Mavinga or Salcedo sometimes where you make that big tackle and you make that big yeah. play. But you have to do like you have to be consistent and be on for you know the the remaining 89 minutes of that game. Whereas you're an attacker, like Jesus Jimenez, you do one chip and and one other play, and that's and you're a hero forever. Yeah. 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 Um, so I do think like there's there's more work to be done on the defensive side of football. And we've seen that for TFC, obviously 2015 to 2017, the biggest evolution was not their attacking play, which was always pretty good. It was how well they were as a team structurally mm-hmm. and defensively. So Listen, I think do, that do that's you think something league, we need to work, watch them work. Do you think, do you think this is a problem with MLS because of the DP rule and because attackers are the sexy purchase? And so as we keep spending more Tam and Gam and, and, and all of that stuff, and DP and filling TP slots on attackers, we're not really concentrating as a league on the defense, and so we end up with games that are five four all the time or six whatever the RSL game was. Or, or do you think it's a TFC issue? I think that's but, actually gotten better from a league standpoint. Like I do think we have a oh, DP. amazing. We have a DP center. Yeah, back. We, yeah, we do also have a DP center back. But <laughs> but he's um, but he's a proof of concept right now. Like people like you know the 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 party line around him is is. Is he a DP? Is he not a DP? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And also, the, the, there's enough about the deal that suggests, you know, had TFC had their druthers, we wouldn't have a DP center back. But it was mm-hmm. a it was a trade that was necessary to get a certain certain Voldemort mix mixed up numbers, <laughs> uh, uh, off the books. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what other leagues do you see games? you know track not track meets us a goal well, goal fest like 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 what we witnessed over the weekend well, for me like like i said it's not the back line when you're defending the entire match it's tough to, to defend it's just mm-hmm. simply yeah. is they're yeah. not just defending like you're defending like serious threats over and yeah. over and over mm-hmm. and over absolutely again. and eventually you're going to kind of get broken down like tfc mm-hmm. did you have to find better ways to keep the ball and yeah. that's why mm-hmm. a guy like Lorenzo Insigne coming in, I mean, there's not much better, not many players right now better at keeping the ball than yeah. a Lorenzo what's the, Insigne. What's the proverb? The best defense is attack? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and we've seen that with certainly Sebastian Javinko as well. Like teams had to double team him and then all of a sudden there's other players open and it creates that that you space reset, and right? yeah, yeah yeah they can reset yeah. i think that's an amazing point for michael because i do think that's, that is a really good point that's the worst we've really seen toronto point. fc this season but while we were saying the best was when they've been cohesive and and obviously mm. played with that team spirit the worst we've seen them this season is those moments they get in where they just get trapped they just get trapped in their own half we've seen it multiple times where yeah they'll yeah, start a yeah. half or, or they'll, their legs will get tired and and they just 
they'll just get trapped and the other team will literally yeah. just have chances until they score and win suffocating the game. them absolutely yeah. and they make really bad decisions just to try and get the ball out of midfield to someone anyone and it mm-hmm. usually it's a turnover and then and they even, and then they ship like 12 yeah, goals and they, and they all fall apart and pitch man we got <laughs> even, even last game though like yeah. you, you see great Jimenez had a fantastic contributions but you see him isolated by himself far too often where he's put it he's asked to chase down a ball and he goes chases it down they just make two passes and now they mm. have a calm easy easy breakout and Pause is fantastic at keeping the ball. He is he is so good at that. He is so underappreciated in that aspect, in my opinion, because mm. he is the type of, of player that can find spaces and, and break down defenses with um, just his ability on the ball. Sure, there are times where he gives it up, and I thought he did that actually a bit too cheaply against New York City. But Yeah, he, yeah. he had a overall, bit of a mare. Just overall, he's he's fantastic at at doing that, and like I said, I think it's a little underappreciated. Him, Menez is also great at that, but other than that, Ozo's decent at it. Other than that, there's not really many players on TFC right now. You think of of guys like like Kurtz, who's playing on the way, like Luca Petrasso. He he's mm. actually pretty good for a youngster at keeping the ball, but he's not a, an Insigne. And no, you bring in no. Insigne's quality, link it up with Jimenez and Pozuelo, then all of a sudden you buy your your team and a little bit of extra time when you're on the ball. And I thought that yep. was one of the biggest problems against New York City FC, especially in the midfield, as we touched on. I, I think almost Absolutely. one of the one of the biggest issues we saw in that game was the way they scored that second goal TFC did because they just kept trying that home run pass to to Jesus Jimenez after. I think <laughs> yep, like yeah. that was one of the plays that I distinctly remember the most was it was maybe the 47th minute to start the second half and Pozuelo gets the ball at the top of his own box in so much space that he could have ran into or, you know, maintained the ball there and tries to play Jesus Jimenez who's in a one-on-two. And that was kind yeah. of the way we saw mm-hmm. the the second half play out was they tried that way too many times where it wasn't yeah. on. Yeah, always. the panicked like, Hail Mary, absolutely. Yeah, and he's not the fastest striker either. No, no, he's not. That's that's not his strength. That's not how we've seen him score goals this season. Most yeah. other than yeah. that, yeah. Axis has a great point again, and it's TFC have had games where they dominate a ball possession and still get killed on the counter. No clean sheets, and Bono has been pretty good. It was one game. It was one game. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry no other... Michael. Michael's not feeling it. Sorry, buddy. It was, uh, it was one game. There's no other game they got killed. If you take away yeah. the, the, if you take away the, the Red Bulls and NYCFC match recently, TFC have conceded eight goals in six games. That's that's championship formula right there. To be honest with yeah, you, Bill Manning, Bill Manning said you terrible. have to concede about one and a half goals per game on championship teams. That's that's mm-hmm. less than that. So Do you can see the half goal. Is my question. Well, you know, Ooh, about Spike's me. coming in with a <laughs> hot take here. You want to fix the team? Take pause, Bradley Osario, and send them to play at CPL. Lorenzo right, is going Spike. to be lost. Ouch, Spike. Spike wants to. Spike wants to throw the whole team and shoot the whole team into the sun. Um, I mean, let's talk about pause. We all said he had a bit of a mare. I think that's agreed. Uh, uh, is it? Is it down to him? Still trying to find his place in this new Bob Bradley system with his with his responsibilities, or was it just an off game for him? Or or is it City Field? I mean, sometimes I it's seven zero, and sometimes it's that. Right? I don't even think These it was that terrible. Pitches. Like Me I too, just thought yeah. there's 
Yeah, I just thought there was moments where he gave the ball away too cheaply. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be yeah. fair, those two assists did come on the last like ten minutes of the game, but fair, yeah. overall, yeah, in chaosville, his season has been has been fantastic. He has two goals, four assists, I believe. That's more than he had in his entire season last year in nineteen matches. He has that through mm-hmm. eight games. And I think just just from the eye test, I, this guy is uh, is definitely looking a lot closer to his twenty twenty form than he is his uh, his twenty twenty one. And that's playing yeah. alongside a lot of young players, a lot of young wingers. So let's uh, let's not get too carried away when talking about pause here. In my opinion, I don't know if you guys feel okay. differently, but I, I no, feel I, like don't. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I was holding a place before we get too carried away on the mm-hmm. second example in Spike's hot take, which is Michael Bradley, who was a bit of a turnover merchant uh, uh, this game, and uh, it didn't go unnoticed on all the socials. Uh, that beautiful header aside, Golden Boot winner Michael Bradley. Here we go. Um, what what he got? He he had a mare. I think we can agree on that. Um, and uh, people were saying, why wasn't he subbed out? Etc. 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 Let's get your thoughts. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Mitch, you want to start us out? What was your sure. What was your feeling on on Bradders that game? I don't think there's anything new to add to this. Like I think it's the same thing we've come back to consistently, which is that. Bradley's not an every game starter at this point. Maybe this was one mm-hmm. of those games where he shouldn't have started just on the smaller pitch and with a team as as dominant as as New York City FC in terms of transitional moments. But with that being said, you know, Priso's still working his way back. Okello hasn't yeah, exactly. I know he's he's had a bit of a knock. Like who are you who are you putting in for him? Um, so that's that's the case right Attacking now. Attacking midfielder Michael Petrasso. He's he's my oh, guy. Michael Petrasso. Uh, yeah. I don't. I can't remember now. Oh, jo- that's, what's that's his name? Jordan Peruzza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jordan Peruzza. Okay, there you go. There you go. There's Jeff. All Michael these, all these does key exist. Key names. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. does. Does he play in the CPL? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So you you think Bradley had you know he, it wasn't as bad as as the eye test suggests, or or it was, or I, I'm not sure if I understood your answer, Mitchell. Well, I mean, he was poor, but. What what like who else are you putting over him at the moment is my thing and and mm. I th- I think he's still like I think we're overreacting and making it like too black and white when it's more of the the gray that they've been wearing so much recently it's more he he shouldn't start every game and like he's gonna need some opportunities to rest but uh, but at the moment like there's they don't really have other options well hmm. yeah could they improve there sure but I also don't think he's I think he's had actually a pretty strong start to the season. To I think honest. so too. Yeah, I think he's had. When, uh, yeah, I think he's. I want to just clarify my point there. I just think he's had mm-hmm. bad games, but like, okay. like he, when when he's had noticeable bad moments. But again, that it comes down to team thing. Like he's one of those guys who plays in kind of that spot where you can get hung out to dry. Yeah, and and to Mike's to Mike's point, and I don't know if he made it last week or 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 over many many times, but we're seeing a different side of, of the team shape, which is not always getting it to Bradley for those, you know, uh, uh, cross field passes, et cetera, et cetera. Like that was too easy for other teams to undo us, especially as his legs start to fade. So, um, you know, now it's just, people are noticing the, those turnovers and those, that those losses of possession or those like kind of weak tackle attempts where, where he just gets taken right out of the play in the midfield. And, and, and I think people are, 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 paying maybe a bit too much attention to it would you say that that's fair he is a bit of a scapegoat like i i think so 
Um, he is the captain. Mm-hmm. He's he's clearly aging and he's clearly slowing down. But I don't want to overlook what he does bring to the game, and that's he's that's Michael so Bradley. Much, it's so much leadership and and his his stature, his demeanor, just there in the center of the park does um, does help out a lot of different players. And he does he does do a lot of things that kind of go unheralded. But of course, he is more prone to to being exposed because I think just where he at where he's at in his career. Um, and Bob Bradley was actually asked about this after the match about mm, Michael's scoops. performance, mm. and he essentially said that Michael was asked to do a lot, which I don't disagree with him, especially with when you consider the way that New York's midfield was sort of lining up. Mm-hmm. He was asked to do a lot mm-hmm. there in the middle of the park and. He did like some of the things that Michael did, but there was also things he thought that, that Michael could have improved upon. So it was I think we're all in agreement there. It wasn't wasn't a great game for Michael Bradley, but mm. it was also kind of he's kind of unfair putting him in that position because of the way the way the game put out. So played out. So here's, I want to see what take going forward. Here's my hot take, because we were talking about in, not even an hour ago, you know, how the team lost their drive. You know, at a certain point, they shipped enough goals and they just looked defeated out there with a great cloud. But in the same breath, just recently, we're like all these intangibles that Michael Bradley brings to the pitch, the leadership, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't that on him, that team capitulation in the second half? Isn't that his, you know, forget about the the on-field performance, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't that the intangible that we that we start him for so that this sort of thing no, doesn't happen? I don't want to I don't want to say that's what we start him for. Okay, like okay, I'm going too far, but I did for. say I did say hot take. I did say hot take, but <laughs> but but I'm, I you know however I worded Still it isn't that, isn't that something of concern, right? Isn't that what we expect from him when the going gets tough? He's out there, the general, making sure that everybody's still hanging their head up high and and in the game, and they that's weren't. a fair that's a yeah. fair criticism. Mm. That's a I I I rebuttal and say it's tough to put that on one player's shoulders. Sure. I'd also um, say we've seen the inverse this season a couple of times where Toronto FC's gotten scored on early and then been able to pick themselves up and, and get back into fair. the game and, and win games as well. In, in a and way they've also done pretty good at, at holding on to leads too, like for the most part. This was the first time in actually TFC history where they've given up a two-goal lead, um, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, I remember that stat. I guess yeah. you have to have a lead to, to give one up. <laughs> yeah, 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 they didn't have any two-goal <laughs> leads in the first like eight years of history. <laughs> yeah, that is a carefully worded stat for the... For the marketing people, you know, when in the right That's phase of the moon on even numbered Sundays, TFC never get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think for that, it's it's tough to just put that on on Bradders. There's a lot of leaders mm-hmm. on the pitch. I just mean like in his overall demeanor and composure when, when playing the game, he's always an outlet for the young players and he's yep. always directing people and, and all of that. So just little things like that, I think, go a long way with having him on the pitch. But he's also a player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Bradley's yeah, still a guy baller. who absolutely who you, you don't want to go into a tackle with. He's still a guy who, again, is albeit he's lost a step, but he's still an engine in, in the middle of the park for TFC. And he does a lot of things that a guy like Marquio Delgado, for example, last season, or not last season, but years leading up to, mm-hmm. to last season, he did a lot of positive things that people overlook. And I think Bradley's kind of playing that role with TFC. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're way back in the in the comments. Someone was saying, do we miss Delgado? I wanted to get to it. So I'm pleased that you sort of roundabout did. Um, we're going to run out of time to talk about 
Um, he says he's with Jimenez is going to make Mike sing a lot of money. I like that part on the uh, <laughs> on the rundown. Um, I mean, Cozy Thompson has the sauce. We've we've absolutely covered this stuff. Uh, let's get to Oso because I I, I want to hear what you have to say about it, Mike. And that is, um, you know, his, he's in a contract year. What do we think his new deal looks like if he signs a new deal? Uh, let's let's start with let's start with Mike since he added that to the rundown. So I know you have stuff to say about it. No, it's just I think it's an interesting topic because, like, for me, I love when there's transparency in Major League Soccer, and just as a fan, like, I, I mm-hmm. love being an armchair general manager, and that's kind of one I wanted to put our put ourselves in. Ozo's going to be turning, I believe, thirty years old this year. Mm-hmm. He's making about a million dollars. He's, of course, coming off his three hundredth appearance for the club. He's had arguably the best start to the season out of everyone here at Toronto FC. Absolutely. I, I asked Bob Bradley what it what what do you think? I guess it meant for for Ozo to make his 300th appearance and just talk about Ozo a little bit. And he he laughed. He's he's like, man, Ozo's had so many moments already this year that yeah. have essentially said like everything I could say about Ozo. And it's it's so true because you think about his milestone goal, you think about what he did for Canada. Like Ozo's having. I'd say these. He's, past he's, two, he's living his best life, man. He's mm-hmm. he's absolutely. I, I thought yeah, his peak yeah. might have been 2018 or, or 2017 as well. Not even like, close. No, yeah. it's no. it's it's this year that he's at least. I'd even say this last two three months. Yeah, sure. But that's great for Ozo because he's in a contract year. Is that the best thing for Toronto FC? Not really, no. Because it's no, a dangerous game now you're playing. Because as yep. we saw with with Josie Alter, when you're you're talking about someone who's 30 years old. So my question to you guys is hypothetically, let's just say, because Elza has been vocal in the past about his desire to go play overseas. But my mm-hmm. hypothetical to you guys is, what term? Are you giving Ozo if he hypothetically does want to stay with Toronto FC? How long? What, how long first? a contract? Uh, it is difficult <laughs> because obviously with with he's at that magic TAM number, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I still think you can give Oso three to four more years. The one thing I'll say about Oso that differs from maybe some of the other signings we've seen from from Toronto FC in terms of their aging is. Bradley was on his way down. Josie was on his way down. Like clearly those mm. guys were had reached their heights and were were descending. Bradley I, took I, a discount. Bradley did yeah, take Bradley, a discount also. Yeah. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna like obviously compare them in terms of that. Um but he was like like those bigger, longer term older player deals, like both those guys were kind of descending. Oso is still showing signs of improvement and still mm-hmm. he, like he's gotten better over the past season i think in terms of his overall ability so, so I if you give him a raise proof. he's a dp match no yeah, i i don't no no not quite i think he's still making under a million uh at the moment he's making so. around a million yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, so you so you give you give him 500k and or 600k and he's a dp by mls roster rules about over and above that do you think he, he's he's playing at dp level jeff that is a tough question um i think if if you measure DPs by does the team flatline without him? Absolutely, two thousand percent. Um, so if you quantify it by that, is he Lorenzo Insigne or Carlos Vela? No, and that's, or Alejandro that's, Pozuelo. That, 
mm-hmm. or Alejandro Pozuelo. And what's what's the what's He's the definitely one not. standard definitely between the three of those? They, they're can... coming here from Europe or other big leagues, whereas he's a TFC lifer. There's a lot of layers to this. Um, but no, I mean, by any standard of DP in terms of production for the team, in terms of importance to the locker room, importance to the team shape, he's a DP. You know, I mean, over a, 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 our other DP is barely on the field because he can't stop getting carded. So, you know, like, <laughs> let's let's be honest here. But now we get into this this horrible snake pit of domestic players as dps you know tfc's done it uh you know very early on with with de guzman i don't know if you know it, it, it it's insanity but yeah that that's you know what when when you put this on on the rundown that was the first thing that flashed in my head was this guy's at this magic number right now mm-hmm. will he be willing to re-up for a three-year deal at the same uh, at the same level that he's at now, is he happy being so in that million? 33-year-old Jonathan, 33-year-old Jonathan Osorio. Mm-hmm. Is he a DP? I don't think he's a DP right now. No. Like, he's a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. He's so important to this club, as you're alluding to, Jeff. Euro snobs. You're a bunch of Euro but snobs. Jacob too. called, <laughs> Jacob, when I was chatting with him, he said he's a legend. Mm-hmm. He said he's a face of Toronto FC. And we can't. How is that not him. a DP? Because you could be the face of Toronto FC and be a legend for the club, but not necessarily be a designated player. They're not. That's not what defines what a designated player is. It's, I, it's I don't ability. disagree. I don't disagree. It's your ability just... to contribute on the pitch at the end of the day because you only have three of them. Mm-hmm. So when you, we look at the caliber players of, of Lorenzo Insigne, Pozuelo, like is Ozo ever going to come close to winning MVP in, in Major League Soccer? That's for me. That's where that's where the bar is at for a designated sure. player, and and that's fair. And once again, we get into that weird miasma of like, will Oso ever get the same amount of attention as a Toronto lifer in an American league? As it's it's not even and, that. You know, as Graham Zuzzi I think or, that's or, a stretch. You know, or or Wondolowski, right? Like, I think it's just I, I'm just evaluating based on his his play, his level of play, and when Ozo's mm-hmm. at his best, it's right now. It's what he's doing this season that's his best for me okay sure he he has taken steps forward and he is improving has he reached his ceiling to you if he hasn't his ceiling is only a little bit above above what he's showing right now three hundred thousand (laughs) dollars let's 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 monetize it three hundred thousand you know raise your level is three hundred thousand above when did he get his last deal 2018 i think i think the number that oso's at right now is probably mm-hmm. what I think is is probably fair for someone of mm-hmm. his quality. Like a, a million dollars, that's a lot of money. We're in- paying Lorenzo Insigne the the GDP of a small nation. You can't compare. You, can't, you don't even know if he's going to. We don't even. But no, no. But I mean, Oza's a human being, right? Like, how do you share a locker room with a guy that's making the combined GDP of most banana republics? Uh, you know. And and you're and they're and they're voting. Hey, you want to come back? You want to come back for for three he's years? Arguably we, one we'll, of the we'll most give you a players on Italy. We'll give you, that, that, we'll give well, you an extra cookie because that's how MLS has always been. Like that's what we saw with the LA Galaxy back in the day. Absolutely, Beckham came Absolutely. In. Like it's been. I don't have answers for this. The start this. of the DP yeah. rule, and we've seen one hundred percent. We've seen Toronto FC make it work, where three players were making. You know all those. Uh, adjectives you use to describe the, the amount of money they're making. The rest, yeah, of the no, absolutely. Even further below what 
the what the current squad is making just in terms of all the new TAM and, and sort of rules that you can have where you can be a more general MLS play roster player now and be making a million dollars, whereas before you certainly weren't anywhere near that. So I, I do think uh, I do think that there's you know it, it's it can work if if everyone has the right mentality and I yeah. But I and, and I how much leverage does he have as a thirty year old going to Europe for his first adventure? That's the other thing. You know, TFC well, that's, may that, have that's another. Over. Yeah, that's another story because, yeah. like, yeah, you see what's happening with Richie. Obzo said yeah. the reason he wants to go play overseas is a he wants to stay with the national, be competitive with the national team. That yeah, being yeah. said, he's he's Fair an automatic, plan. he's an automatic at least on the squad for yeah, the, he's on the plane, yeah, for the national team, yeah. no matter where he's playing at this point in his career. Um, the second point to that is you look at Richie and you see does he want to go over to Nottingham Forest or a team like a championship side? and play once every every five matches. Look and at Miguel Almiron, the, the shining star of MLS transfers for a bunch of times. You notice that MLS doesn't talk about Almiron at Newcastle <laughs> anymore because he maybe plays five minutes every six months, right? Like So with, with what he's accomplishing here in Toronto, there's a very strong argument to be made that his best career, when you look at it, is his legacy. It might be sure if he stays with Toronto FC and becomes that one club type of player. I think that's going to be benefit him the most, at least overall as a, in his career. Of course, everyone has their own ambition, and you can't really get inside Ozo's head there. But mm-hmm. I, that's my uh, that's my personal opinion. As as a person, I mean, and I know that you both are are also athletes. Would you be okay? I mean, you're getting into your thirties. <laughs> You're getting, you're getting into your 30s. A million dollars is nothing to, to, to slouch at, right? It's like, you know what I mean? But in Toronto, I mean, you're going to need more than that to buy a house. Uh, would you be okay with signing what's potentially your last deal or your second last deal and sitting across from the guy that walks into stupid amounts of money from the same club? An unproven guy getting stupid amounts of money. Okay, you know, wait, would you be on. okay with un- that? Unproven, though. Unproven um, in MLS. Okay, but come on, Jeff. You can't call Lorenzo. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just asking you if you would be okay. I. I don't know if I would be. I don't know if that. If I would be able to sleep as well at night with that's my like, piddly little million. Versus, that's like saying you know, you're you're the, you're seeing a, a a star from from Arsenal. Let's say Allo Arsenal. Yeah, a star from Manchester stop City. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> that's like you're right. seeing them go down to a championship side, and you're like, this guy's unproven. This is a guy oh, who so won the European to realize with this, Italy. Sure, sure, sure. But but at the same time, you know, wh- if there's one thing that I've noticed about soccer players when they when they get on the other side of thirty, especially family guys, is that they start thinking about their futures. You know, like I n- now I've got to bank <laughs> as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. off my off my diminishing returns. You know, I've had a great twenties where I didn't care about any of this stuff and I bought the Lexus and I bought the the Hummer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and now I got to cash out, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it just occurs to me that like, he's aware of all of this stuff, but he's also aware that, you know, Canada's ranking in FIFA now allows him to do a Richie kind of move where he wouldn't have access to do it before, you know? And if TFC is saying, listen, we love you, but you're not a DP. You're, we love you, but you're not a DP. You'll never be a DP with us. How's an extra $300,000? By the way, you've lost your parking spot because Lorenzo's got to park his eight Lamborghinis at BMO <laughs> yeah. Training Ground, right? Sorry, like, I would be, I, I'd be out the door. 
hypothetically, and, and I, Jeff, if mm. if Salcedo gets bought down from his DP status, he's still making, let's say, max TAM, right? Sure. Are you okay with your DPs being Lorenzo Insigne, Alejandro Pozuelo, and Jonathan Osorio? No. Because in MLS, that's not sexy enough, despite that, everything. I think that answers kind of the debate there. He's not a he's not a designated player, and I don't think I don't think Ozil's very well aware of that too. To be honest, I know he he definitely is to your point going into mm-hmm. his sort of what will be his last big contract year. Mm-hmm. He's definitely understands that he's he's worth um, a significant amount. I don't think he's. He's thinking DP money though. I again I can't speak for Ozo, but I just yeah, I think he's well aware of, of what he brings to this team and where he's at. Um and that's not a, a any disrespect towards Ozo. That's just no, where he, no, has, love he, he is at this adore, point. Adore Ozo. But I, I, I have to think there are people in his ear saying, Listen, the the it's never you'll never have a better time. What by by consequence of what you've done with the national team, by by consequence of they're probably gonna give you a low ball deal. Uh, you know, maybe it's time, you know, it's not perfect. You're in the wrong side of 30, but maybe it's time to try to try it out over, over in Europe. You know, maybe, maybe it's mm-hmm. time. Maybe you go to Besiktas, maybe you go to, uh, uh, Belgium, you know, or, or, or something like that. Maybe the Champo is not for you. Don't, don't pull a Richie, I, but I would rather, Europe. I would rather let him walk than pay him DP money. And that's, hmm. that's saying, cause I know how much Ozo means to this club. In order for this club to to be where it wants to be, uh, if he wants DP money, then I you would have to say let him go. In my opinion, which is which is tough. The Mitch. one factor, uh, I think the one factor, and obviously this is less of a factor because of what Jeff explained in the age thing, and and the fact that uh, the the biggest thing probably and also for this contract is is term and you know commitment yeah. to a to a place. Great. With that being said, the the one factor is the Qatar World Cup, and we know how much that can boost a player's stock, who you know has has been relatively unheard of, or, or absolutely you know, in the in the global game. You know, if Oso goes there and Canada That's a, such has a good three point, good Mitch. games, or yeah, if he has four or five good games, and then we're really talking like <laughs> he could boost his stock in global football exponentially yeah. because people exponentially. take a swing on a world on on those three and. 100 games more than all 10 seasons that Oso's played in MLS. That is such an unbelievably good point, Mitch. Yeah, Yeah, like really, really is. And I so his contract expires at the end of of December. Mm -hmm. So if you're Oso, perfect storm, maybe you're thinking, okay, like let's not even talk about this during the season. Mm -hmm. Let's wait until we go to the World Cup and let's see what happens there. Not just not to say that he wants to to go to another club, but maybe even just to raise his stock within Toronto FC. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't sign he's a deal before be I went to the World Europe, Cup. Right? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I, even if they offered me DP, DP money, I wouldn't sign that deal. I mean, I want to. I want to keep my options open for mm-hmm. all of the reasons I outlined. So yeah, I think I think we can put a cap on that. Oso is not not making any moves whatsoever until this World Cup is done. Right? Like absolutely, that's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. How many Mitch, errors? End of uh, that errors. argument. Did I uh, did I make up for with that? All of them, every last one, oh, every last cool. one. All right, might have been that might have been one of your. You have a clean sheet. Oh my goodness, the ledger is the ledger is clean. Uh, we're over an hour, so let let's just let's just go through the last one. Uh, doubleheader against Cincy. Uh, let's let's take all all six points as we mm-hmm. should because all is right in the world. Um, 
Yeah, speaking of Michael Singh, this will be a nice yeah. time to put one of those up against a Cincy team that, uh, you know, certainly is. I remember last year. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, uh, they sure did. Good MLS teams beat Cincy. I'll just say. <laughs> hey, yeah, they have yeah. actually they've actually started off the year uh, better than they have in recent years. That's something worth noting. They had which a is, which is still awful. <laughs> yeah, <that's> yeah. <laughs> very low bar there. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. They, yeah, that's exactly, like the, that's exactly. the TFC two goals uh, stat that Mike, <laughs> Mike yeah, brought yeah, up. Yeah, LA, yeah also also mm. LAFC. No, Graham Reed makes like a. a86 minute winner i believe it was to beat cincinnati on sunday and that's the best team right now in major league soccer so something worth noting something worth noting uh something else worth noting we get a double header we get tfc and tfc2 at bmo field Mm -hmm. at the weekend which is absolutely amazing there won't be a ben spencer so i'm not going to enjoy it as much as the last double headers <laughs> when, when tfc play two played because i love me some ben spencer but uh it's going to be a fun day so pace yourself everybody don't get too wasted at the tfc game save some for the tfc two game uh <laughs> michael uh injury report i'm not going to roll the clip because i'm going to make a new one for for toronto till i die but uh, let's 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 end it with a little bit of the old Michael Singh injury report. Any any news? Any any scoops? Um, we talked about Jaquil last week. Like he's he's progressing. He's in good spirit. Um, Ralph and Noble. So I got word. I actually I was on vacation when when Noble's injury uh, transpired. Um, but I got word that he's a little bit behind Ralph Preso, who we saw actually okay. out at training. Um, he wasn't with team training, but he's on the side doing some work. So nice. that is like calf injury. Um, so hopefully he can work his way back from that sooner. I imagine they're not going to rush him back, but it would be nice to get them back. Um, Absolutely. Other than that, they're they're fairly healthy. I can't think of anyone else who would be a question mark on that team, which is, I mean, again, we, we spent a lot of time last year criticizing them for not being able to stay healthy. I mean, this year, come on. This is, yeah. this is fantastic, and this is what they need to competitive here until uh until july absolutely absolutely i was on my phone there uh just googling Mm. the old ben spencer just was wondering what he was up to he is he retired the agent he retired i think he retired i remember an insta post where he uh where he did the did the post dance yeah Anyway, he most recently played under Landon Donovan at San Diego Loyal, so he's still been in the game. But uh, apparently, he's retired. Nobody plays. Yeah, nobody <laughs> plays under Ben Spencer. You play. Every, I'm sorry, everybody <laughs> plays under Ben Spencer because he's forty thousand feet tall. Uh, if, uh, it's time to go. If anyone, if anyone needs, if anyone needs a reason to watch TFC two, stick around for the game. Two words: Hugo Umbong, Ralph yeah. Priestley's brother. Yeah, I believe he Muller. has five goals in in three Unbelievable. games. Unbelievable. 16 year old, he's the youngest player on that team, and he is going to be a stud. He's been training with the first team almost every session since uh, California. So he went with Sweet. them to California. He's been training with them um, almost every day. And man, this this guy is the real deal. So stick around and, and watch him. And just a lot of those youngsters, like we saw Temi Antonagua make his debut for TFC. This guy we've talked about actually a pretty decent amount on this show. Um, he finally made his debut. He plays for TFC two. Another guy to watch out for Adam Perlman, a center back, 17 years old. They just signed him and he got that call up to TFC not too long ago. 
Kobe Franklin's another one. Love him. Uh, Love th- him. This TFC two team has talent. So keep stick around and see if you guys can put on your, your scouting scouting hat and see if you can come up with, uh, with some Ooh, a player yeah. or two that you like. Yeah, in the chat, bring up yeah, some TFC back with 2 our, players. Uh, yeah. Come back with some TFC 2 shouts. And Absolutely that is how we don't us. have to do any work for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've just hired <laughs> a whole bunch of scouts. I love it. Why didn't we think about this two years ago? Yeah, this know, is yeah. terrific. Uh, and this is me spooling up our, our closer, waiting nice, for Mitch perfect, to, to perfect. get us started. Yep, yep. That does bring us to the end of this week's show on Toronto Till I Die. Um, like we said... Uh, We'll be back next week on a new day, new time. So look forward to chatting with all of you then. Make sure to go check out our Tunnel Club uh, post-game shows as well on the Twitter so space good. with Mike Newell and, and Sean Anthony Levy. They do a fantastic job. and you can They really, really do. They really, And they PSD. weren't that angry after the NYCFC yeah. game, which was That's true, pretty, yeah. yeah they're, pretty surprising. They're, they, they give you <laughs> measured takes, which uh, mm. is, is, is rare on Twitter after TFC games. So <laughs> take, that to, take that for what it is. You can follow them at TFC Tunnel Club. Um, you can also make sure to follow us at Toronto Till I Die. There's two for two. Let's go. We're, we're killing the outro here. Um, Michael Petrasso. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, <laughs> as always, for, for all your support and bearing with us <laughs> during these shows. Uh, on behalf of Jeffrey Pinesker and Michael Singh, see you next Thursday. Ooh. And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.